Welcome back. This is Sam. And this is Kareen, and we are two OcDocs. This week's episode, we are going to be updating our early stage and locally advanced non-small cell lung cancer episode. We're going to go over all the important details on staging, pathology, as well as local and systemic therapy for this disease. Before we dive into this episode, big notice is that the treatment landscape for non-small cell lung cancer is quickly changing, which is very exciting for us. But also you need to be mindful of this because your boards will be a few years behind with writing their questions. Also, a big shout out to my colleague, Dr. Barthi Muthasami, for reviewing this episode content to make sure that we are the most up to date for 2023. Absolutely. Um, thank you so much. And so, Sam, to start us off, what are the different histologies of non-small cell lung cancer? The two histologies that we'll be talking about today is adenocarcinoma, which stains positive for TTF1 and cytokeratin 7. Of note, cytokeratin 20 is more prevalent in adenocarcinoma from the GI tract. So they can use this on your test board, on your test day, in the vignette to try to confuse you or maybe a cancer of unknown primary deciding lung versus GI. The second histology we'll talk about is squamous cell carcinoma of the lung, which the IHC stains positive for P63 and P40. Yes, and in Lung Tumor Board or Multidisciplinary Lung Conference, you may hear the pathologist refer to this And so next, what are the principles of staging of non-small cell lung cancer? There are many details that go into the TNM staging of non-small cell lung cancer, but in general, stage one is a tumor that is less than or equal to four centimeters with no lymph node involvement. Stage two is greater than four centimeters, but less than seven centimeters or multiple nodules in the same lobe without lymph node involvement. Or you can have lymph node involvement of the ipsilateral, peribronchial, or hyalur lymph nodes, and that's considered N1. These are the double-digit stations. For stage 3, that's a tumor that's greater than 7 centimeters or multiple nodules in the same or ipsilateral lobe plus lymph node involvement. N2 disease, which is includes ipsilateral, mediastinal, and or subcrinal lymph node. These are known as the single-digit stations. Or N3, which is contralateral, mediastinal, contralateral hyalur, or ipsilateral or contralateral scalene or supraclavicular lymph nodes. For clinical T1N0, staging has to include PFTs for surgical planning, bronchoscopy, mediastinal staging, and a PET scan. If there's clinically a T2 to T4 or N0 to 3, staging needs to include PFTs, bronch, the mediastinal staging, PET, as well as brain imaging with an MRI and biomarker mutational testing of the tumor. Absolutely. We held an educational session on lung cancer for our fellows this week. And I was told that apparently at World Lung, they're talking about even subcategorizing into an M1C in the new edition next year. So stay tuned for that, but that probably won't be on your boards. And so we're going to lump the non-small cell lung cancer treatment into three categories. So the first category are stage 1A. So remember, those are up to three centimeters and lymph node negative. So how is that group of patients treated? Exactly what you said. So stage 1A, this is T1N0M0. We treat these with surgery or SBRT. For surgery, lobectomy is preferred, but segmentectomy and wedge resection can be considered in select cases. It is not standard to offer adjuvant chemotherapy for stage 1A non-small cell lung cancer. And then our next category that we're going to lump together is stage 1B to 3A. So remember, these are four to seven centimeters with multiple nodules in the same lobe with no lymph nodes or if they have ipsilateral lymph nodes. And so how are these treated? 
So if they're resectable, in 2023, there needs to be a multidisciplinary meeting to discuss perioperative systemic treatment, as there are several options now. First, we need to check for ALK, ALK, EGFR, and pdl one status, as this will tailor our approach of how we treat these patients. If EGFR positive, stage 1B to 3A, you do surgery up front, followed by adjuvant chemo if they're a candidate, and three years of osimertinib, and this is based on the ADORA trial, which showed both DFS and OS improvement at the five-year mark. Absolutely. I know that there was some controversy in terms of the control arm for ADORA, but that did come out during our fellowship, and so remember that for purpose of board questions in the next few years. And so what about if they're EGFR negative for stage 1B to 3A? If EGFR negative, perioperative treatment would be some combination of immunotherapy plus chemotherapy. There is currently no data directly comparing the neoadjuvant versus adjuvant strategy, which is why the multidisciplinary meeting is so important. If neoadjuvant systemic therapy is preferred, one option is platinum-based chemo plus nivolumab for three cycles, and this is based on the Checkmate 816, which was published in the New England Journal of Medicine in 2022 and showed prolonged EFS and more pathological a complete response compared to chemo alone. This is followed by surgery. Another neoadjuvant option for resectable stage 2 to 3B N2 with any PDL1 status is based on the Keynote 671 trial, which was published this year in the New England Journal of Medicine. This includes neoadjuvant plus adjuvant treatment. So it looks like chemotherapy plus PEMPRO followed by surgery, and then pembrolizumab for a year. And what this showed was improved DFS and OS at the end. Absolutely. These are updates that maybe won't be reflected on the boards, but it's good to know clinically. And so what if they're not a candidate for neoadjuvant chemotherapy or upstage after surgery? If not a candidate for neoadjuvant therapy or patient is upstage after surgery, they can receive adjuvant platinum-based chemotherapy followed by adjuvant immunotherapy if stage 2 to 3A and pdl one positive. You can use either a tezolizumab for 16 cycles based on the IM Power 010 trial, which showed longer median DFS, or you can use pembrolizumab regardless of the PDL1 status, although the benefit for those who are PDL1 less than 1% is unclear. The pembrolizumab is given for one year, and this is based on the Keynote 091 trial, which also showed longer median DFS compared to placebo. As a side note, the NCCN guideline says not to use adjuvant immunotherapy in ALK or EGFR mutated, but the FDA does actually not exclude these patients from their uh, approvals. So in general, most medical oncologists would not recommend the use of immunotherapy in the perioperative setting for patients with either of these mutations. Definitely. And again, another section that probably won't be testable, but there were some ESMO updates last month. Can you mention what these were briefly? So these are not FDA approved yet, but in ESMO 2023, we did see an improved DFS with the ALENA study, which evaluated two years of adjuvant electinib without chemotherapy versus chemotherapy and resected stage 1B to 3A ALK-positive non-small cell lung cancer. Many practitioners are not using perioperative immunotherapy for ALK-positive disease given the lack of efficacy seen in the metastatic setting for this population. Definitely. And then our last category that we lumped together, what are the basics of treatment for unresectable stage 3A or stage 3B and C? 
So for unresectable disease, whether that's stage 3A, B, or C, we use concurrent chemoradiation followed by Durvalumab. And this is based on the Pacific trial, which was published in the New England Journal of Medicine in 2017. And what it looked at was chemoradiation followed by placebo versus Durvalumab. And the Durvalumab arm saw improved PFS and OS. Yes. And there was also a study showing that the sooner you gave Durvalumab, the outcomes were improved. So make sure that you pay attention to that as well. And so what are key factors in determining if a patient is a surgical candidate? We need to be cognizant of the lung function because we need to know how much lung reserve these patients have. So we need an FEV1 greater than 1.5 liters for a lobectomy and an FEV1 greater than 2 liters for a pneumonectomy. Lobectomy remains a standard of care for operable patients, but again, wedge resections or SBRT are alternatives. Then what adjuvant chemotherapy regimens do we give for stage two and three non-small cell lung cancer? So we call them platinum doublets. And so it's going to be cisplatin or carboplatin-based therapy, and we can combine them with venerelbine. We need to be cognizant of neuropathy and cytopenias with this drug. We can combine with paclitaxel or docetaxel. We can combine with gemcitabine, which has less neutropenia, or pemetrexid for non-squamous cell carcinomas. Most commonly utilized platinum doublets in stage two and threes for squamous cell carcinoma is cisplatin or carboplatin plus gemcitabine or docetaxel for four cycles. And for adenocarcinomas, it's going to be cisplatin or carboplatin plus pemetrexid for four cycles. Definitely. And then do we ever give post-operative radiation? This is a really controversial topic, and there was a port meta-analysis published in The Lancet, which showed inferior survival for stage one and two patients who received post-operative radiation, but no difference of those in patients who are stage three. So we don't know. And then what are some special circumstances in non-metastatic non-small cell lung cancer? We'll cover two here. One is superior sulcus tumor. If it's resectable, you do chemoradiation followed by surgery. If unresectable, chemoradiation followed by Dervalumab. And the second special circumstance is chest wall invasion. We need to utilize multimodality treatment with either surgery, then chemo with or without radiation, or concurrent chemoradiation followed by surgery. Yes, absolutely. And so Sam, that was such a great overview. What are our key takeaways? First key takeaway is that the landscape for treating non-small cell lung cancer is quickly changing. So we need to keep up to date on this every year. For stage 1A, and so these are the tumors less than or equal to three centimeters with no lymph node involvement, we treat it with surgery or SBRT. For the category that's 1B to 3A, resectable disease, you need to discuss neoadjuvant chemo plus immunotherapy followed by surgery, or surgery then chemotherapy followed by immunotherapy or osimertinib if they're EGFR mutated. For stage 3A, B, or C that are unresectable disease, we treat with definitive chemoradiation followed by Dervalumab based on the Pacific trial. And adjuvant chemo regimens for squamous cell carcinoma are cisplatin or carboplatin plus gemcitabine or docetaxel. And for adenocarcinoma, it's cisplatin or carboplatin plus pemetrexid. Definitely. And always remember with pemetrexid, the need for B12 as well as folate. And so as always, thank you for listening. If you are enjoying these episodes, please leave us a review and let us know what you enjoy and reach out to us. We really appreciate when listeners reach out to us with corrections or comments on our Instagram or Twitter to OncDocs. 